As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are your finances kind of a mess? Did you start a new online business like Patreon or OnlyFans and you're not sure how to deal with the income? Need someone to decode and translate your tax return? Or are you confused about how to handle the influx of money from a Kickstarter, GoFundMe, or even renting out a spare room on Airbnb? What you need is M3 Virtual Accounting. Molly Morris is the accountant for Unspoiled and other successful podcasts, and she can advise you on how to launch a new business, manage the books on an existing one, and meet with you virtually to discuss specific concerns and questions. All of your information is kept in a secure portal where you can upload new documents, sign remotely, and download copies for yourself. Molly has been great to work with, and I wish I had hired her sooner. Her rates are flexible, and she's willing to work within your budget. Her goal is to make professional accounting accessible to small businesses and startups, and she would love to talk to you about what you need. Check out her website at m3virtualaccounting.com and book a free consultation by choosing Book Online in the menu. If you're like me, you will wonder how you ever lived without her. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering the Dresden Files, book 14, Cold Days, chapters 34, 35, and 36. In these chapters... Harry has a conversation with Rashid about what the fuck is going on with these gates <laughs> and gets dropped off back in his grave. <laughs> and then he has a conversation. I hate to use that word because it's not really it with Molly. That's incredibly uncomfortable. Welcome to Unspoiled.
to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. All right, Rashawn, lay it on me. Your impressions from these chapters. What stuck? What did you like? What did you hate? Tell us everything. The most important thing that happened was, of course, the reunion with Mouse. Oh, uh, yes. That is, I don't care what anyone has to say, that is the most important thing that happened. That was the most important bit of information that we got. It was really what we are all here for. And I think that's fair. It's, honestly, it's about time. It's mm-hmm. chapter, you know what I mean? It's it's chapter like 36 when that happens. What was the holdup? Um... <laughs> The other stuff, you know, like the big points, I feel like we're all going to be in agreement. The uh, revelation that the gates are, uh, as Harry says, supposed to be a metaphor, but they are not. <laughs> they are real. <laughs> yep. Um, Rashid being both wildly helpful and also useless at the same time. Oh, my God. Uh, which is a trick I thought only fairies could pull off, but <laughs> apparently, you know, that is, maybe that's a skill he picked up from so much, you know, time spent working with the Fae. Who knows? I fucking love him just being like, oh, you're going to have a lot of bureaucracy ahead. I can help you with that. Um, as for the other stuff, you get used to it. And oh Harry's God. like, what? Harry poo-pooing that help with the bureaucratic shit, though, is super short-sighted. It Really, I is. mean, one of our dearest and most beloved friends could use that help right now. Mm-hmm. As you know, she tries to prove to the world that she does, in fact, exist. That she <laughs> is not actually dead. <laughs> so I thought Harry was being a little <laughs> flippant there. Um, when I think that it is that, you know, I don't know that the world is still going to exist tomorrow. So you actually don't like your offer of help could be meaningless. And um, to a degree, I get that, but also, like, we'll operate as if it's going to be there tomorrow. Just go some, ahead with that. It's fine. Some of, some of us live our entire lives like that. Mm-hmm. And by some of us, I mean me. <laughs> I am not always very certain about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm never certain about tomorrow. And whether I have any interest in being here for the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but you still have to do the things to, to make the the potential tomorrow you know, makes sense. I also wonder because, you know, Harry had been concerned about what they would do in reaction to finding out about his role as the winter Knight now. Mm -hmm, And that mm -hmm. isn't really mentioned by Rashid. Like I thought he did talk about that. Did he, you know what? We'll get to this. Okay. Let's, let's start off at the beginning of their conversation. Um, First of all, Rashid says something about how, uh, Harry takes after his mother because he is way far out from home. And Harry is surprised that he knew his mother. And Rashid basically is like, she was somebody who was super familiar with the ways. And those of us who got good at that got to know each other really well. And I thought that was interesting. Like that, that is a sort of specialized hobby Mm-hmm. You know, and it just sort of feels like being in any subculture. I, I always think of whenever I think of like this sort of specialization, I think about murder TV shows, especially like uh, Midsummer Murders. Those of you who are 
fans of that show. There's always every episode they choose a different like subculture that is having some sort of weird inner turmoil that somebody got murdered over and the investigators have to start to learn what is important to these weirdos with this hyper-focused interest. So it could be something like building model ships or home brewing beer or anything. <laughs> and, you know, somebody turns up drowned in a keg of beer. And then you find out that there's all these like petty jealousies because he used the same wood that I did for his mm -hmm. aging. And that was just beyond the pale. And I just sort of have a curiosity about people who walk the ways. Cause she says we would have dinner every so often compare notes of our walks and there were several of us who were friends of Ebenezer who took it upon ourselves to watch over her. And I just find this very compelling. I want to know more about all of that. Yeah. I like this quick mention, too, of um, it, uh, it being a way to signify that, yes, Rashid knew who she was. Right. Yeah, that but, too. But in the conversation between him and Harry in this moment, there's no, like, mention of that. There's no need to confirm it one way or the other. It's just a very kind of, like, you know mm -hmm. that I know that you know that I know kind of, <laughs> kind of moment, you know. But I like those little moments. Uh, also, the thing, too, about this relationship that Rashid had with... Um, I guess Maggie, we'll call it, it's weird calling her Maggie now, I know he's got a daughter called Maggie, but... Um, call her Margaret Le Fay. Margaret. Uh, that we don't often, or I don't anyway, I don't often think of her as a whole person because we, we don't know that much about her, you know? Mm -hmm. She's still such a mystery to me, uh, 14 books in. And whenever a little bit of information comes out about her. I'm always just like, why aren't we talking about her more? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you Agreed. know? Um, so I'm very, I'm very interested in what her life was. And, uh, I like the tie in because when, um, what does Harry get? He has the, like the amulet that helps him. Right. You it's know, a traverse. stone that he like put into his, um, his pentacle. It's like a little ruby, I think is it is. Right. And yeah, he glued it in there. So, and that helps, you know, him, you know, make his, his way through the ways. Get it. Um, uh, and, and I start to wonder, like, well, you know, does Rashid, like, how did he get the, 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 who gave that to him? Who gave what to? Who gave Harry the stone, the ruby? Oh, Mab. Because um, okay. he says, is there anything that my mother left for me that she uh, that you were to hold on to until I was old enough to ask for it? And she smiles and is like, ah, oh, you finally have asked for the thing. And she gives it to him. This is during changes. And that's how they're able to get to Chichen Itza at sh such short notice. Right. So I start to wonder... Um you know, did Rashid help her make that? Like, does he have one? <laughs> you know, like, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I just have a lot of uh, questions about her and I'm dying to know more about her. So whenever these little moments pop up, I'm just like, ah, same. 
Yeah, his mother just endlessly fascinates me. I hope that we find out more about her. Um, and, you know, she sounded highly questionable in terms of ethics in certain places, but so Harry would sound that way too to someone a- on the outside. Like a- exactly, exactly. Like out of context, she sounds like hella flaky, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And you know, like she's just out here. But then we don't know what was driving her decision making. You know, and, and I think what you just raised is an excellent point from the outside. I mean, even it doesn't even have to be like from the outside. Like low key, Rashid is like. You've been, like, bumping around the edges of all this shit for years, Harry. Like, what mm-hmm. you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because Harry asked at one point, like, how long has this been going on? And Rashid is literally like, what? And he's like, the the battle at the gate? What do you mean, what? And he's like, this? This is, this is forever. Like, yeah. this is just how it is. You yeah. have to know that, right? <laughs> I just really enjoy everybody being like, Harry, fucking catch up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it's really funny too throughout the chapters is there's a everyone is kind of like oh you finally get it and then a the second they're like ah shit <laughs> you know like all right well you're well you're closer to getting it than you were so that's something and we'll exactly um so yeah they're having this conversation in the middle of this battle that rages endlessly and it's like a little bit of a launch Rashid is like I didn't have questions I don't have a lot of time, like, let's get into it. And uh, he takes his hood off, which doesn't happen often. And we are reminded that, you know, one of his eyes is gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this realm, the eye is, it's, I guess, like, it's real self. It doesn't have to be disguised. Yeah. And it is made out of the same material as the the outer gates Mm -hmm. which i mean it's a real close tie between who has the better eye mad eye or rashid and um you know i don't even (laughs) think of mad eye i don't know what is wrong with me that it didn't occur to me to make that comparison but holy shit i'm slipping there is it's like but it's neck and neck though right Mm. because rashid's eye helps him uh what harry how harry ends up understanding is that the gates work is like a like a scanner mm-hmm. and Rashid's eye works in the same way and it helps to make sure that things aren't slipping in that shouldn't be slipping in somebody mowing a lawn yeah there's like a leaf blower action These happening sons of outside bitches. yeah and it's the, just rude on a saturday morning like you know on, everybody and the thing <laughs> is there's not even that much grass anywhere near me you guys like i don't understand what's happening you know, there's like a patch of grass in front of the restaurant, like next door to me. There, what are we doing? <laughs> it's probably a fucking leaf blower. <sighs> That's probably what that shit is. I find that so like, it, like look, I get it. I don't like to rake, but the the fact that we have leaf blowers is just so. Uh. Pathetic. It really is. (laughs) I don't know much about heavy equipment, but I assume they run like on gasoline. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Right? That's not good. Just burning all that gasoline to like blow leaves around. (laughs) That literally the wind can undo (laughs) 10 minutes later. Like, are we doing this? Okay. (sighs) Um. 
I don't know what to tell you guys. Saturday in the big city, outside <laughs> the big city, outside the kind of big city. Yeah, really, uh, you sound like you're in the suburbs because that's the sounds that I assume, like I associate I with being here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely in the suburbs. Yeah, I guess con- like compared to where but we it, are, it's not. Yeah, but compared yeah. to the rest of Philly, it is. Yeah, and compared to the rest of the suburbs, though, I practically live in the city. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't live like out far enough where people are like having nice big houses and nice big lawns you know that's a couple miles down the road from me (laughs) um Uh, so so yeah this is he like you said the uh the false eye um can see whether or not nemesis is hiding inside the wounded so that they don't wind up inviting the enemy right through their gates. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. also part of what the gate does. He's like, it does other stuff. That's one of its functions. It does yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. And um, he says also that see, spotting Nemesis is a an art, not a skill. Which is interesting. So it's not like the eye just like shows him Nemesis hiding in there. It's a combination of factors, and he even says that you can use the site. If oh yeah, you but he wants. He doesn't recommend that shit at all. Yeah, <laughs> Harry sees this like twitch in him and recognizes the like mental stutter from the trauma of looking at something with your sight that's truly fucking horrifying, and is like, yeah. "All right, I guess I won't be doing that." <laughs> <laughs> There's this moment when they first start talking, and. Uh, Rashid is just like, oh, okay, so you, you're up to speed. I thought that you were going to die way before you got a chance <laughs> to catch up. And uh, the first thing Harry really says to him after hearing about, like, the gates and all that is that he says, how can I help? And Rashid is so impressed by this and, and says, you know, basically, uh, you got a lot on your plate, not to mention all the other shit that you've created problems for yourself that you don't even know about yet (laughs) and yet here you are offering to help i think you and i could be friends um which is a really nice like non-sappy way (laughs) exactly to, to really express like appreciation for uh someone's willingness to help despite all the things that are burdening them. Mm-hmm. And it is a real like moment of insight into Harry's character. That like at his core, that is always going to be the thing that Harry dressed and says is how can I help? And I really yeah, like that. That's true. That's I true. Really, I really like that. Yeah. And then Harry's like, I have problems. I haven't been trying to cause any problems. I'm like, dude, have you been reading these books? What oh my God. <laughs> dude. <laughs> It's just like it, there's always so many moving parts. The fact that he thinks that he would be able to tell. Yeah. I mean, come on, guy. Yeah. I feel like in some up until now, it's changing, you know, as Harry's starting to get glimpses into the the clearly much bigger picture that has been happening this whole time. But up until this this point, it really does feel like Harry does what I do as a reader, which is once the book is over, I'm like, oh, okay, that problem's off. 
you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. get, let's open a new book and see what new problems there are, you know, because you just, you feel like, oh, that chapter's done, like literally you're closing the book on that problem. Meanwhile, all those books are on your bookcase conspiring against you, talking to each other when you're not listening, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just, they're so, like, Harry, if you could read these books, you'd realize Ooh. there are so many characters going on with their lives off page that suddenly decide to pop up and just be like, remember me, stupid? Right, and you're right, like, right. oh, oh, I, I didn't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. That I, I can't imagine you think you have a handle on everything that's yeah, going yeah, on, you yeah. know? This is like a web that is, you know, massive. And it would be, I think, impossible to see everything at once. You know, it's just, it's... It's so expansive that, like, you're looking at one little corner and you don't realize that, you know, the little porch you're looking at has, like, 18 stories built on top of it because you're yep. just looking at the front of the building. Yep. But, um, so Harry needs to know a couple of things and or she doesn't have a lot of time. So Harry wants to know, you know, about how to tell if someone has been infected. And that's when she starts talking about the site. Mm -hmm. And uh, they talk about how the outsiders are always, always, always trying to get in. Mm -hmm. And that over time, different, I don't know what to call them, but over time, different things are responsible for keeping the gates. And right now, it's winter. Mm -hmm. Like she says, in our age, it is the task of winter to defend the boundaries. Uh, I don't know who it was before, and apparently, you know, it could be someone after if we don't all die in this book. Right, yes. Um, That is key. (laughs) The not dying part. And Harry wants to know, all right, well... If it's winter and it winters our immune system, what happens if you know it breaks down? And uh, here, Harry, I think is it, well. It's clear he's talking about what happens if there's a change in like leadership, like Mav, Mave takes over, um, and Rashid just says it could be problematic, <laughs> <laughs> rather severely so. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why that killed me so bad when he says that. It's just such a complete understatement. I'm like, guys. Yeah. Uh, and um, that's when then they start talking about where she starts telling Harry that, like, you just, you know, you get. Wait, before he says it, it's very important. He, uh, he sets it up as, like, like, he puts his staff down and, like, takes Harry by the arms. Listen to me. This is important. You get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, God. (laughs) Harry Harry is not impressed with this. (laughs) Harry's like, that's the pep talk? And he's like, pep. Pep. No. You don't need pep. This is not pep. He's like so he's, offended he's by the really, use of that he word. Really, 
Ah, uh, he tells uh. Harry that what is needed is Harry. What we need is you. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's like everything has been leading up to this moment. You know, everything you've done, you've been kind of sticking it to the adversary without even realizing that you've been doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rashid tells him, how you can help me is go back to Chicago and keep doing what you have been doing. <laughs> keep being yourself. Keep, which, you know what? I know, isn't that a nice thing to say to someone? That's a really, really... I know this is not the context of it in the story, but just as an aside, to tell someone that what they can do to help you is for them to just keep being who they are Mm -hmm. is so generous and really, really gracious and quite frankly, a beautiful sentiment. Like it is, I don't know... Like, think about it. Like, how often does someone say that to you? You know? Yeah. Like, you know what you can do for me? Just keep being exactly who you are. Keep doing exactly what you do. That is, like, such validation. Hmm. It's a bit breathtaking. But also, I'm going through some shit, y'all. I might be (laughs) into this. But... (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. It just it was it moved me. It really did. In uh-huh. a in a conversation, it's a little like funny because it's you know the 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 problems that that are being faced are so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then the pep talk is you get used to it. And then the answer to how you can help is just keep being you. You know, there's a lot of humor in that because the moment is so big, and what Rashid is saying feels so inadequate. Mm-hmm. But it, but it really is what is needed, and he really does tell him what he needs to know. So I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed this. Agreed. And then and, he starts this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I'm saying. Then he starts talking about like, uh, you know, after if we we don't die, I'll help you settle things between uh, you and the council. And he tells him that the council only knows. About our roles as much as it needs to. Mm-hmm. So he's. I, this is why I feel like he's kind of saying um, the council doesn't need to know about you being the Winter Knight. Oh, I see. And that that's maybe, interesting. I didn't think it that way. Like I don't. I don't know if this is what he was saying, but that's how I read it because clearly he's telling Harry that the council doesn't know what fucking gate. I keep for real. For sure, yeah. And I've been able to keep that from them. So I have the ability or the resources or something to help you do the same. Mm-hmm. I read a, I read a lot into that, I'll admit. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and he tells them that he's going to, like, help verify the council that Harry is who he is, you know, that he's not dead. And uh, I'll get some back pay, too. Which, mm-hmm. again, let's not pretend like that's not important. Yeah, Harry. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You're staying with Molly right now. You can't sustain that. Where are you going to live? Maybe Mab provides something. I mean, my assumption was that he could spend as much time in winter as he needed. He doesn't have to be out in the mortal world if he doesn't want to. But, like, would you want to if you were him? I mean, if he starts to give in to the mantle of the winter night, then yeah. Why not? Well, I'm saying, like, let's say he, let's say he saves the world in the next two days. 
And then he has to figure out where he's going to stay. What do you Oh, think? oh well, hmm. Again, I think, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense that my assumption was that he could just, you know, have a nice, cushy life in winter because he clearly doesn't want that for himself. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to fucking sleep there. God knows what turns up. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, it doesn't seem like so, Mab has interest in protecting him in any real way. She's yeah. like, protect yourself or or don't. <laughs> that's right. on you. Yeah, so she's definitely not setting him up with an apartment. You're right. You're right. You're right. She's not thinking about shit like that. <laughs> she doesn't care about shit like that. <laughs> um. Oh, and then Rashid flies away on a magic carpet, you guys. Oh, my God. I had such mixed feelings about I don't know this. what to do with that. I yep, don't know same. Like, same. Because, like, we know that Rashid is, um, like, Middle Eastern in some way. I don't know if we know exactly where he's from, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a... Yeah, Harry I, doesn't really know. He says that his, yeah. like, accent's flavored and he's sort of swarthy and yeah. that's about it. And at the beginning, I think, when he first takes his hood off, Harry mentions that he's paler, but mm-hmm. still definitely, like, non-white. Mm-hmm. So, also, though, I feel like I don't know Rashid really well, and yet I feel very comfortable in being, like, him choosing to ride the magic carpet is maybe him just being like, yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's why a good not? point. I do. I appreciate that <laughs> idea of just him and, being like, mm-hmm. I'm riding, riding off magic carpet. <laughs> Shut up. And to be fair, I don't know if this is something the butcher would look into. I don't know anything about it. If I am speaking out of turn, my apologies. But there's also, it's possible that there is some significance to uh, the idea of a magic carpet in that in that culture that I mm. am missing, you know? Mm. So this this may not actually be like a like a kind of a fuck you funny thing. It may be based in something that's culturally relevant that I am just wildly uninformed about. Gotcha. So. That's true. That's fair. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if Butcher would, you know, like I don't know if that's something he would look into and incorporate or if he just thinks. I feel like Butcher just thinks it's funny. I think so. But, you know? <laughs> again, yeah. I, I have nothing to base that on, so. Yeah. Um, this, so yeah, this the the whole thing with this conversation that I like is just this side character who you you find very mysterious, but you don't really like get what the deal is, turning out to be very significant, <sighs> and you got to not do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, but. I always like when there's a payoff to somebody that you've been sort of like, what is their deal anyway? And then it turns out, oh, they have like a really massive deal, actually. Something that is such a, so important that I thought he was some sort of like secret agent for the White Council. But it's so important that the White Council isn't even aware of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. evidently. Uh, because, or, or else maybe some of them are, it's unclear if anybody knows or if nobody knows. Yeah. Things with the white council are so unclear in general though. True. That I, I really, you know, didn't spend much time considering 
who may or may not know, because there seem to be, especially now, the last that we checked in with them, you know, there are different factions. We have this whole idea of, like, the black council working within the white council. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, then there's, like, personal relationships. So Rashid seems to have been aware that Margaret was Ebenezer's daughter. Mm -hmm. But that's not common knowledge. So it gets, like, really tricky. Yeah. So... He tells Mother Summer to bring him home, and she interprets that as, I'm putting you exactly back where you were. Yeah, you gotta be really clear. You gotta be very, very specific. He did not think that through entirely. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, there's there's a bit of a a scene when he is leaving his grave, because there's a bunch of goth kids hanging out, and I just thought that was a funny little aside. I found this hilarious. Dude... That's pretty hardcore down there. Mm-hmm. And they they t- chatted amongst themselves and came to the agreement that I was indeed pretty hardcore down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got me laughing so much. And later uh, on, Molly is like, why do you smell like cloves? Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's like, soon, as soon as he says, uh, kids today, she's like, ah, the gods. I guess that's mm-hmm. grave dirt. Like, makes the connection immediately. Um... <laughs> God, I can't believe what time it is. Shit. We talk way too much at the beginning of these things. We always do. <laughs> we always do. Guys, we need an intervention. <laughs> we do. It's out of hand. And, and, and we always are like, this time we really got to get going right away. We yep. really do. Oh, yeah, yep. we definitely do. I also have some place to be. And then, <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, just real quick before we get started, just really quick. I just needed to tell you about this thing that happened. You will not believe this shit. Every time. Ugh. Every single time. Um, so, he, he this this thing when he comes home, right, the first thing he does is take a shower. And it's like, of course, because he's been like, you know, through a lot. And he was in that grave and it was muddy and it was gross. And all that's important. But the most important thing is... This idea that he has been up close and personal, he says, with very powerful creatures. Mm-hmm. And that he basically got a little red on him. You know, he just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, some schmutz, some like magical schmutz. And he wants to wash it away because having that on you can influence you and also impact how you, your magic works. Yeah, that was really and, interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. He says that uh, it happens with humans, with people, uh, with just our 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 aura, our auras. auras. Yeah. Um, but because they're not as powerful, the effect is negligible. But it it does happen, and I mm-hmm. think that, that is, uh, you know, we. It's like when you are around someone that has you know oh, really bad energy. You know, mm-hmm. and you kind of like feel it, and then when you are not in their presence, sometimes it lasts anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, when he describes it as being kind of clinging, I was like, yeah, 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 that sounds right. Psychic vampires. That too. <laughs> I think about that with my grandmother all the time. I loved her dearly, but God, yeah, he <laughs> definitely kind of wanted to like get her influence off you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he <laughs> gets interrupted as he's dressing by Lacuna. 
Who wants to know what the deal is with clothes anyway? Why do you even do this? It's weird <laughs> they don't save you from arrows or anything, even though your oh shirt does say something about arrows, which is I, extra confusing. Well, I laughed so hard at this ridiculous ass joke. <laughs> it is not even that funny, but when she is like... Because she asked, did you get it from, like, your weapons dealer, basically? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, you're wearing someone else's weapon dealer shirt? Like, <laughs> like make it make sense. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, I think I that for me, it was the audiobook because he does this voice for Lacuna. And it's, why are you wearing the shirt of someone else's weapons dealer? <laughs> and he's like, you shouldn't startle wizards. Why? Because of what could happen. Because they might fall down on the floor. And I just fucking died at that delivery. It just... Because they might fall down on the floor is such a burn. And she doesn't even mean it that way. Well, yeah, because she's like a... First, because he's like, you know, don't scare me. And she's like, you're like six times my size, dude. Where where are you scared? Mm Mm-hmm. And I've agreed to be your captive. Like, what What are you talking about? He gets all offended. I'm not afraid. I was just startled. <laughs> uh, so, um, my goodness gracious. It turns out that he has a visitor. And yeah. she just, like, didn't... She talked about her own shit for ten minutes before informing him of this. Oh, my God. When Why he didn't says, you tell me? I did. Just now. Do you, you have guys, brain damage? You guys... <laughs> Oh, God. Why is she so saucy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love her. I love Um, her. So (laughs) he goes out there and it's Sarissa looking Mm. not great. Yeah, yeah. He says she had a red mouse on her face. What does that mean? I never heard this term in my life. I am assuming it means like, like a bruise, a right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never heard that expression either. I was going to ask you about it. Okay, like it's it's definitely like it's like a welt or or something because it's swelling up. He says it's starting to turn purple. I I don't know, but uh, maybe that's some. I thought uh, maybe it was something real old fashioned, and, and as an old head, you could tell me what it was. Mm, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That was uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> so the red cap has done this to her and sent her with a message. And the red cap has gone and snatched up everyone that we hold near and dear. Mm-hmm. They have been following Harry. So they have um, Butters. Mm-hmm. They have Andy. Mm-hmm. They have Mac, which I was really surprised by that inclusion. Yeah, right? that one's Be- weird. Because uh, I feel like... He's part of the Accord in Neutral Territory, goddammit. First of all, right? And and then, like, this, this involving him in this type of uh, action, coupled with what happened at his bar... I feel like is Mac about to be a player? Because you gave like the, like we got a little hint that there's a lot more to Mac than meets the eye, right? Mm-hmm. And he told Harry that he's like not getting into this. Yeah. And now he has been brought 
into this. And I'm just really curious if that means, um, you know, what that means for us. Right. And they have Justine. Yeah, another weird one. Yeah, so... Uh, and they and, based, and you know he'll he'll release them if Harry surrenders by sundown. Which who has time for this nonsense? We have Ugh. a whole other thing that's getting ready to happen tonight. He is so tiresome. Oh, really, dude? Like, <sighs> uh, I just I'm a little, I'm really annoyed, um, because this this red cap jet is right is is. To my mind, small potatoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I can think is that you, sir, think that you're the big villain of this story, of this book. Mm. And you're not. <laughs> what if he <laughs> no. is, though? I will be disgusted. <laughs> I will be disgusted. Oh my god! So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Put that in your head, and now you hate it. <laughs> That's funny, though. <sighs> it's 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 not though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they're going to use the hairs to do a tracking spell, which I'm like, you sent a wizard the hair of each person he would probably want to find. Mm. So either you're not very smart, which is definitely a possibility, or it's worse, and this is a trap, because Harry is, of course, going to use the hairs to track them. So I I don't know where we are yet Mm. on that, right? Like, it's, it's possible that he just is not smart. Smart. I mean, I would assume a lot of things. I would assume... That being uh, Faye, Harry is not the first wizard he's ever met and dealt with. So it seems weird to me that he wouldn't consider this as a, as a possibility. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that makes me think, oh, well, he's this is a trap then. He wants to uh, maybe purposefully distract Harry for some weird-ass reason or get him to show up at a place for some other kind of ambush. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm really torn... I'm not exactly sure what to think of that yet. But regardless, Harry is using these hairs to track them because what else is he going to do? That is kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they're they doing the tracking spell. Molly is. And he asks how she's progressing on this. And she says... Well, for, oh, I forgot first. He calls for Cat Sith. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens. And this makes him very uncomfortable. Because <laughs> uh, Cat Sith has always turned up the moment he was asked for. Yeah. And Harry <laughs> even does an insulting here, kitty, kitty, kitty thing. Really? Really? I uh, When he gets to the third call and he doesn't show up, even I was like, but the third call, though? Mm-hmm. And then even Harry mentions, like, we all know the, the third call <laughs> means business. And it's, you know, Cassius still hasn't shown up. This is a problem. And it makes Harry start to wonder if Mab, if this is evidence of Mab just setting him up. Mm. You know, getting him uh, used to having uh, Cassius available to him to help him when he needs it, only to pull that 
resource away right. when he needs it the most. Um, so, you know, he starts to kind of spin out about what that could mean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what if Katseth had actually been infected and hit and has turned, which is even, not even worse than mad, but, but pretty fucking bad for Harry, especially. Yeah, definitely. So he goes back inside. He tells Lacuna that she's on house duty. If any of the little folk come back with a location where the right is taking place, I want you to write down their descriptions and mark the location on the map. Can you do that? I think so. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then he asks, Molly, how are those spells coming along? I think there's some kind of counterspell hiding them. It's tricky, so stop bumping my elbow. I'm concentrating over here. <laughs> and he has this fucking yeah. moment. Yeah. And We've had these it's moments ugly. before. Mm-hmm. But it's ugly. I, um, I'm not sure if it feels like it's a ramp up or not. Uh, as far as like what his urge to do is, because the last couple of times the urge has been pretty foul as well. Mm-hmm. So this feels just sort of like a continuation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he and it starts off first with uh, not just anger. But, like, being insulted at how dare Molly speak to him in such a way, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, another wizard would have been beaten unconscious unconscious to, you know, after speaking like that. And then it goes into something else. Mm-hmm. Like, the anger twists into this, this urge to... Uh, he says, put her in her place. Yep. Take out his frustrations on her. Show her which of us is the strongest. And that he had a really primitive idea of how to make that happen. Um, and he and looks up and Sarissa is gone. Yeah, she she, she fucking felt... We're talking about energy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, understood. She's been around predators enough. And he says that her... She has good instincts when it came to predators. Uh, so she bounces, goes and locks herself in a room. And then Molly is still standing there. Mm-hmm. But she has basically understood what was happening the entire time. Mm-hmm. And not just understood it in some sort of nebulous way. Like, she might as well have been reading his mind. Mm-hmm. So she knew the specifics of what these urges were telling him. And she stays. And uh, she just asks if he's okay. He kind of blows it off. And they figure out that they need to use uh, steel in the spell for the tracking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have this thing where, like, they don't really go into what just happened in his head. You know, he goes and makes a sandwich. Mm-hmm. She's working on the spell. Um, they figure out where they need to go. They're going to say goodbye to Sarissa, and uh, they don't have a talk about it until they're in the car, which is a couple paragraphs later. Yeah, because first they have to go pick up the car from the Svart house, and it's been mm-hmm. repaired, and they want mm-hmm. to confirm with them that it's definitely not booby-trapped or, you know, there's no bomb in it or god right 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 (laughs) (laughs) no enchantments no trackers no like listening spells Mm -hmm. uh and um 
they're assuring her that this is the same security process that uh, Mr. Atri uses, so it's like top of the line. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about it. We're passing uh, the car beneath a waterfall to rub off any blasting enchantments, which I just love that detail that they just have like a waterfall <laughs> around for this, like oh in the God. garage somewhere. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> That's amazing. I like my brain just just pictured like a car wash, like nothing fancy. I this mean, it might so, be for no, all we but, know. No, this is so much better, and of course it's a waterfall. What are you talking about? Of course it is. <laughs> They're not fucking around with no, like, speedy shine car wash <laughs> with this kind of shit that they need to take care of. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and we find out that the mechanic is uh, Harry's old mechanic. <laughs> the fucking note that Cat Sith left for him. Oh, where is the fucking... I want the actual... Where is it? The uh, here it is. Uh, it. He was waiting at the shop. Repair this for Harry Dresden and return it the fo- to the following address or suffer, Mortal Smith. <laughs> <laughs> like Mike's face oh. reading this note. Like <laughs> I have no idea what he could be thinking. All I can picture is like what Putty would say if he read that note. <laughs> Putty, <laughs> and oh, he that's would just, pretty good. He would just be like. Yeah, okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> High five. <laughs> I like to think that maybe because Mike has gotten to know Harry so well that he just thinks that this is Harry's, like, it's, it's just a joke. He's just uh-huh, being uh-huh. a weirdo. Um, so, yeah, the car pulls up. It looks bonkers. As usual. Mm-hmm. And they get in the car and they talk about the terms of the alliance that she has. And it turns out the apartment is hers outright. She actually owns it. It's not mm-hmm. on loan, which is pretty right. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They handle any maintenance for the next 50 years. And as long as I'm on their property, they consider me to be a citizen of their nation with all the rights and privileges that entails. And Harry's like, wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty fucking good. And uh, he asked her about how much she trusts them, specifically Mr. Um, Etri. Mm-hmm. And she has a really, I think, clear idea of, of who and what he is. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, basically, he might be against you. He might fuck you up. He might cut your throat. But he's not going to lie about his intentions. He's always going to be, you know clear (laughs) he's gonna be like i'm about to cut your throat now just fyi (laughs) that's coming and she tells the harry like you know what and i'm i like this because it sounds because he says tell me about your friend and she says he's not a friend he's an ally and he's good at it and i like that because it's not i'm not sure if harry meant to be sort of condescending mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like oh molly can't tell the difference between a like a friend and an accomplice or an ally or whatever right right and she has to be like no i see exactly what this is thank you very much yep. you know yep agreed so yeah it's a, a pretty sweet setup that she's got going on i'm just like man molly really has done better with uh the jobs that she has pulled off in terms of getting a payback mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. harry has with yeah, the shit that yeah. he has done he says uh you know kind of like uh acknowledging how well she's done and he says look at you all grown up 
And then she says, you have been all day. Mm. And then we get into it. it. This is, um, this is, this was, hmm. This was uncomfortable reading. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be sort of contrary to practically everything I've ever said. I am not really mad about it, though. Okay. There's a... She is... I don't know. I don't... What she says is... uh, You know, first that she acknowledges that she understands and she feels like what's going on inside of him. And then she says, if it's given, freely offered, you can't take it away. Because mm-hmm. he tells her, don't worry, I'm not going to let it make me take anything away from you. They're really like dancing around. Yes, definitely. I think. They were when Harry was having the urge, too. He danced around. Like he says, you know, there was something he could do, but he doesn't name it. But we right. all know mm-hmm. like what the fuck he's talking about. But her reply about how all you're doing is accepting a gift was uncomfortable for me because it has Molly not being able or choosing not to distinguish between the mantle, which is making him have these intense feelings and having difficulty managing them, mm-hmm. versus what Harry Dresden would like want to do. Right. Uh now granted there is an argument to be made that really the mantle is, is all it's not just corrupting but it's also amplifying. Right. You know? And it's taking some of your less virtuous impulses and and really putting them on blast. Correct. So someone could be like, well no, that's Harry's desire as well. Mm, and I just What she says to him in response is just, I am uncomfortable because I think it is striking a nerve in me that that is something that young people can do. That is something that young women can often fall into. Um, What is that? Because when you say they often, it's like people don't have winter mantles. No. So what do you mean? I mean, like, and Harry touches on it later when he's thinking, I don't know if he says this out loud or if he's t- thinking to himself, when he's talking about the the master-apprentice relationship. Mm-hmm. So what I think of is I think of young women and professors. Right. Or doctors, therapists, boss, you know, mm-hmm. bosses. Men who who are in, where there's a real power differential, and the young woman might really have feelings, Mm -hmm. you know, real feelings, real sexual desire, and be willing to to offer it up, like Mm -hmm. she's saying, right? Mm -hmm. And what happens in those moments for me is, not always, but often, I will look at the older person, and be like, yeah, they're offering, but you know better, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I—that's what I'm talking about. Like my discomfort around this is because it feels, uh, 
even though it's very supernatural and all this kind of stuff, it, that sort of, um, you don't have to feel bad about what you're doing because I am offering it to you. I'm telling you it's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Right. And then this just goes on for quite some time where he's just talking about how exceptionally beautiful she is and he's seen her naked. <laughs> the usual, you know. <laughs> but yeah, and he also like acknowledges the, uh, like you said, the fact that he would be taking advantage of what seems like just, well, I'm willing to have sex with you. But really, he knows that she has been carrying a torch for him for ages. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he is going to be in full awareness of that while, like, being willing to break her heart Yeah, in the end. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows that he doesn't feel that way about her. And that's uh-huh. really what she's, in her heart yeah. of hearts, wanting is that connection. Exactly. exactly. And that she would be just devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up saying to her, you know, um, because she says one more time, like she whispers, you know, that it's okay. It's really okay. Mm -hmm. And he just tells her, I don't think it's ever going to happen. But if it does, the first time isn't going to be like that. You deserve better and so do I. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, it was it was a tough moment to read mm-hmm. through this. It was very uncomfortable. But like I said at the beginning, I didn't hate it because I, I kind of think it was necessary to address address it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. especially as these impulses keep coming up, and we all know that when she's near him, she's fully aware. So if we hadn't talked about it, if we had just pretended like you know that didn't happen, I would feel a way about it. Yeah, most definitely, I agree yeah. with that. And then they get to where they're going, y'all. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love the fact that I was talking about all this shit in the plot in my intro. And as soon as I'm done and I'm like, all right, so what did you think? You're like, um, mouse? Hello? (laughs) Dodo bird? Like, I can't believe that you didn't even bring him up. Honestly, I can't believe I didn't either. (laughs) What a good boy he is. Oh, he's such a good boy. Yeah. Um, he's so happy. He's so happy. At first, right, uh, when they show up at the house, I'm just like, what is what is happening? Because nobody is home. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and I'm like, what are, what are they there for? Who's home? And for some reason, my brain went to David. I was like, oh, well, maybe they need David for some oh, reason. Oh, her brother. Yeah. You know, like, he's, he's 10... Tangentially, tangentially, a part of the story. We know he knows about what's going on in the world, and you know he's kind of badass in his own way. So I was like, maybe this is like a backup situation because the people he would normally go for backup are the ones he's going to rescue. Mm. So they get to the they get to the house, and she's running down like you know where everybody is, and no one's home. And she mentions that you know dad is working, mom has the little ones, and I'm like, well, that leaves David. And then there's this bumping on the door and the way she backs away, Molly backs away from the door. And I misread that. And I was like, oh no, something's in the house. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I love this. 
So I honestly didn't, just didn't not Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I felt like. <laughs> and uh, the door finally opens. And the way they des- it's described, the door is being opened by someone with their hands full. And I'm just like, oh, this is something they probably barely even need. Like, I don't know what the fuck is on the other side of the door. And you guys, it's a mouse. And I could not have been more delighted. I honestly could not have been happier. And and the rest is just, oh, he's so happy to see him. And Molly apparently can now, like, talk to him. Yes, she can understand him. She can understand him. Yeah. And, um, ah, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It's just, I mean, like, I just really not like that, you know, he jumps on his tail wagging. There's lots of licks. There's barks, you know. There's a reminder to the reader of who Mouse is. Like, that's even fucking necessary. <laughs> but whatever. Um, and he just tackles him. And uh, it's just, it's just great. It's just great. Yeah, I, uh, I really want to see Mr. now. Mr. Yeah, Brad, yeah. What's going on? Um, but yeah, this, this whole bit, it's just really fun to see because Mouse had encountered Harry while he was a ghost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know if what kind of like dog senses Mouse had, like, because obviously he's got some supernatural ability mm-hmm. and it's unclear to me what exactly it is. Right. Because like, was it, can he tell that Harry's back from the dead before he sees Harry? Or is this like a shock that he didn't know Harry was alive again? I, um, from the way that Mouse is trying to get out of the house in the, in what I can only imagine is like overwhelming excitement, you know, mm-hmm. that he's fumbling at the door and like throwing his body up against it. He, he knows that it's Harry. Like immediately outside, and I think that I think that he has known Harry has been back. Do you think so? Okay, I do. I don't know why. I just do, and I feel like the. Um, I don't know. I can't. I don't have any anything to base that on, but something in my heart just tells me that he was aware when Harry made it back through into our realm, whatever, however you want to like define that. Okay. Um, well, I accept it, this. There was a fun little bit in the when uh, isn't there a moment with Mister Two when we find out that Mister is like clearly aware that Harry is in the room? Oh yeah, Mister right? is like the thing that convinces everybody because Mortimer right. has been there for like hours trying to convince them, <laughs> and then Mister just runs in and like butts up against Harry's legs, and Mort's really irritated that, like, <laughs> nobody believed him, but then this one cat shows up, and everybody's suddenly like, oh my god, he's here! <laughs> Mort's like, wow, cool, guys, uh, thanks. <laughs> and then, uh, so the ends with, um, Harry, you tell him, you know, he needs help, uh, and, uh, he tells him, you know, the bad guys took Butters, Andy, and Justine, and... <laughs> Molly says that Mouse says Andy should be locked in a garage at night until she learns not to get abducted. (laughs) (laughs) Sir! (laughs) (laughs) She's your elder. Uh, Uh, Mary says once we get her back, we'll start calling her danger-prone Daphne. (laughs) Um, uh, 
good stuff. It's really good stuff. And uh, and yeah, that's how it ends. Molly translates that, of course, Mouse is in, and uh, Harry's like, yeah, good thing you're here. That's really tough to read. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, so what do you think is going to happen with the uh, the rescue? How do you think that's going to go down? I, you know what, I'm really not sure because, like I said earlier, I, I've, I have this nagging feeling like this may be a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much else going on. Like, like he needs to deal with this jailbreak situation. And I don't know yet if, like I mentioned, like if this is, uh, I don't know. Like if this is a distraction. I mean, I know that the importance of what's maybe happening this evening with the bomb feels like everybody knows and yet no we're not sure who all knows, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if Red Cap understands what else is going on right now. Mm. And I don't have any justification for why the Red Cap would want everything to go kablooey, but it doesn't mean he doesn't. I feel like, you know, I feel like uh, not wanting, remember that episode of Buffy where Spike is like, joins in, I think it's season two, oh after, God, a- yeah. after Angel turns, mm-hmm. and he, he agrees to help stop it, and they're just all like, but you're a bad guy, why? And he's like, well, you know, I've grown accustomed to like, being, you know, living on Earth, I'm not exactly alive, but, you know. Yeah. He thinks it's something like, the Earth is where all the people are, and I like to eat them, or something like that. <laughs> So, yes, I I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, Sorry, I just there's a line in the cradle books where she's talking about like the um, as long as the way remains undisturbed, human beings could enjoy luxuries like causality and existence. (laughs) And that's kind of what I'm thinking of with this. Like, yes, you might be a bad guy, but don't you enjoy causality and existence? (laughs) Those luxuries, sir? Yeah. yeah. Existence is key. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, real quick, first uh, new patron of the month is Sophia Ricci. Welcome, Sophia. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. You guys can join us at patreon.com slash unspoiled if you would like to get access to some other stuff. I also want to let you all know that I have updated the website to be a little bit more helpful regarding questions about commissioning spoil me's, getting access to the crowdcast for spoil me's and all that. And um, I think that's about it. So, yeah, I uh, I really appreciate y'all. I hope that you've been enjoying the coverage. Thank you all again. And come visit us at the site and, you know, become a patron and join us in the Facebook groups. And if mm-hmm. you're not a patron, you can still join the Dresden Files Facebook group. There's a Dresden Files spoilers group. So if you want to go there, it's not super active right now because it's still a pretty small group. But, you know, I want it to be more active. So get in there mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and get chatting, everybody. Um, and I think that's everything. Anything you want to add, ma'am? No, ma'am. All right. Well, thank you all again so much for listening. We appreciate you, and we will see you next week with three more chapters. Until then, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys.
Unspoiled Network podcast. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.